0: All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We're back here for another episode of Under Construction. I'm Vince, your sports talking relative, Dunlap. To my right, I got Jamal, angry black fan, Darby. It's
1: depressed. <laughs> and
0: filling in for uh, Rodney, uh, to my left, I got Mr., not as depressed, but he has a lot to say today, uh, production manager, Mr. Kaiser. Wait, wait, y'all hear a silence? I don't hear the. I don't. I don't hear the. They're the, the, not rapping today. They're not rapping. The aren't revving <laughs> in the today. The check engine light must be on. <laughs> oh, oh man, maybe they need some oil or something. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. But, was, but hey, hey, first of all, uh, today's episode is sponsored by uh, Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, Tito's, uh, what, uh, Sky. I mean, um, uh, look, y'all.
1: Bullet.
0: We, we just got done watching the Panthers game, and it's just. <sighs> It's just bad. This is my favorite right now. Look, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah,
1: we, like man, damn that game. Have you ever had this?
0: <laughs> what is that? What is that? Bulletin. 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 No, I this haven't. I, game, I probably man. need some after, after what we just. Can we just today. not
1: talk about the game? Just look, talk about liquor. We today. we
0: got to get people because right, okay, because like right. and, and you know normally normally I like to talk to you guys and see. How your week has been. Well, how your weeks have been. You still can. We, no, we're just going to go right into No, it. Vince. We're just gonna go right
1: Vince, I miss you guys, man. I
0: don't care, man. I miss send, me, man. send me, you me. I, I don't ever get text messages I, from you, So I, I, You can't I, miss nobody me Nobody gets text messages
1: <laughs> from me. <laughs> That's <all you're> <laughs> Do you get text messages from me? I no. I don't think Do y'all text, <laughs> no. I Y'all get text I No. Vince. Y'all are my support today. I need y'all, man. Don't do this to me today. Jamal, man.
0: how's your last couple weeks, been, man? Hey, man. This is, uh, man,
1: it's been rough, man. But. <laughs> We're going to drink up, man. Gonna... Oh,
0: man. Now, before we do get started, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Rodney. Um, he's actually in Vegas right Maybe now. living his
1: best life again.
0: Celebrating his uh, wedding anniversary with, you know, with Mrs. Richardson. So, I hope you guys having fun out there. Take that Panthers jersey off because if you get in a fight, we way over we here. Way we can't here. help you out, help bro. bro. And they so, Raiders
2: fans out there now. Yeah, bro. exactly. Yeah.
0: So, can't help you out there, man. But, uh, nah, man, we get we getting right into this. We getting right into this, man. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that we got so much to talk about we just we just need to get it going now
2: I, I can't i can't the doctor said i had to cut back on the drinking right, and the smoking right. which was the worst timing
1: because after, after this because after this man <laughs> lord i may be drunk before we finish the podcast so y'all just forgive me if i am man so
0: now now if you if you haven't or if you have been living under a rock for the last 12 to 24 hours um we, we, we're here to let you know that our illustrious Carolina Panthers football team went out to Santa Monica, California Again. this past weekend.
1: And must have party
0: Riding high on a four-game winning streak, and they're coming back with their tails in between their legs after losing 13-51 to Mr. Garoppolo, of all people, and the rest of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, normally, I have a bunch of stats that I like to throw out there to kind of
2: summarize and mm-hmm. wrap up the game, but I don't think it's I, you know what you do them stats. You give them a Kyle Allen, and he'll throw them at the other team, <laughs> and so then the, take them stats right back to the, and the house. Dish card. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My God. So, Kaiser, what you feeling in this
0: week? I'm gonna start with you, man. Just just give me your initial thoughts on uh, the Panthers uh, 49ers
2: game. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> That's what exactly what I can say about the Carolina Panthers. Now, I, I I had this marked as a loss, and I think a lot of people did too. I didn't think it would be like this, though. Right. I figured it right. would be a defensive battle, yep. Yep. and uh, you know we would struggle on offense. Boy, did we struggle on offense. But the, let's be clear, the San Francisco 49ers offense ain't like world Where'd beaters. They get, huh? They're about like where we are. Um. So I figured it would be a defensive battle. And, uh, you know, the 49ers being the home team would, would kind of edge things out. Um, I didn't foresee actually our defense playing as poorly as they did. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, you know, the bye week, having to travel out to the West Coast on the road against a really tough uh, crowd, um, a, a team that is rolling, that is hot right now. I think the 49ers did some things that weren't on film, even the commentators said that we saw a lot of misdirection zone blocking jet sweeps things that we hadn't seen from the 49ers offense and i think they looked at our defense and they had a lot of respect for our defense because they said okay we're going to neutralize what they do best which is rush the passer and we're going to test that bend don't break philosophy uh that the panthers tend to employ and and boy did they um you know we saw um them absolutely attack our safeties in the run game um, you know, our safeties, we don't stack the box because we play that bend, don't break. And it's actually been one of our biggest weaknesses. That was something that we talked about. Our David Newton of ESPN stated that he felt that the Panthers' passing defense was their biggest weakness <laughs> uh-huh. going into this week. Absolutely yeah, not. Absolutely they gassed us for 141 yards on the ground I, in the first half.
1: And I think that passing defense was actually helping this pass for us in, in previous weeks. Absolutely,
2: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, um, And, you know, I got to put the cherry on top. But Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen is a game manager. I am i don't really mean that in a disparaging way. I'm just saying that to think that he's the future after someone like as dynamic as Cam Newton, this is what you get when you put the game in the hands of a Kyle Allen. When
1: you actually got to go win the game. When
2: you got to go yeah. win the game. And right. I, I said he's our Dak Prescott. This is what Dak Prescott does. He has and, you know, I, I made a post
0: on our Facebook page earlier this week once Cal once Kyle Allen was named the starter, I put a post, and this goes back to your uh, defensive ranking comments from earlier. I put a post on our Facebook basically saying, uh, listing all of the defenses that Cal Allen has played this season. And I think the best defense he had played was currently ranked like number 17th or something like the that. Texans. Um, I can't remember which defense it was, but whoever it was, they were ranked like 17th. So now they're going to California playing against the number one ranked defense in the NFL. And the response from, you know, the fans of under construction was essentially that, well, San Fran hasn't played anybody. They've played a lot of weak defenses or offenses themselves. And, and, and so don't just go by those numbers. Well, we got our answer today. We got an answer. And and not only did, did, did Mr. Allen post a sub 35 uh, quarterback rating. Uh,
2: rating. 30.1 was yeah. his he, quarterback rating.
0: He posted his first of three interceptions today. His, and, and that has been the one constant as far as his supporters, for lack of better words, was the fact that he has thrown no interceptions since he's been starting. And not only did he throw one, he threw three interceptions. And for those of you who haven't been keeping up with stats, Cal, Cal Allen now has seven touchdowns on the season, but he has seven or six fumbles with five loss and three interceptions now. Woo. So he has a total of nine turnovers versus seven touchdowns.
1: That's Jake Delone territory, there, buddy.
2: Woo. Let Cam get. Let Cam have them kind of Woo. numbers.
0: Um, and, and we're kind it's of jumping ahead. See. I don't want to. I don't want this to be a Cal Allen bashing. Uh, ceremony. I do. It's probably going to lean into <laughs> that, but but Jamal, before I, I let you go, I do just want to say one thing. What's that? Welcome back, Cam Newton. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs>
1: back. <laughs>
2: Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome
1: back. Cam Newton. Welcome,
0: Welcome back. back. Jamal, w- what you got, man? What you got?
1: Alright, so you know how we say frequently on this show, we're not in the hot take culture, right? I have a hot take today. Alright. These are the type of games that makes the coach's seat really warm. I saw a team out there today who were completely unprepared today. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, it's like it was like Tyson versus Spinks in 86. Shanahan knocked the hell out of Ron Rivera today. It was embarrassing. I mean, of course, the score in the game was embarrassing. But as far as going into depth, what I saw on the field was completely unacceptable and completely embarrassing. This defense is way too talented. I don't forget stats and what we're ranked and all this stuff. I don't want to get into that just yet. I'm talking about the players on the field, who we have. They're too experienced to play like they did and be as unprepared as they were. You get what I'm saying? When you, when you have a 49ers offense who essentially ran the same type of stuff all day, Garoppolo rarely just dropped back and threw the ball. I mean, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say probably 20% of his passing players were were really just him dropping back with no play action, no fake sweep, no misdirection, none of that. You get what I'm saying? It was misdirection, play action, pump fake, all this stuff all day. And we bit on every single one of those all day.
0: Now, you mentioned unprepared. And I think the defense did look unprepared, but... How much would you say that was San Fran throwing in a
1: wrinkle? They know that the NFL hasn't seen this year. And, and listen, I, I I will give the other team credit because you have to, especially when they kick your ass like this. Okay, now there are some stuff that you might not see on film. You there's some. There, it looks like that way. It definitely looks like the 49ers put wrinkles in a lot of stuff. But there's some stuff that's inexcusable. Like even when they're doing stuff you haven't seen. There's no excuse for just not staying disciplined. There's no excuse for ignoring right. your gap and getting fooled and right. g- g- running the even, opposite we, way. We even,
2: even saw Luke take some bad angles right. and get and get fooled. And that
1: it was happening all. I game, think
2: so. Man. So there are really two types of coaches in the NFL. They're the coaches that say, "Okay, this is what we do, and we're gonna try and do, it. we're gonna force it on every team we play, regardless of how they play us." Right. And then other coaches say.
1: Let's make an adjustment.
2: Let's, yeah, let's look at film and see how can we attack those guys. And Ron Rivera, uh, y'all know I love Ron Rivera, but he is the, we're, this is the way we're going to play. Listen, this and was
1: a very stubborn game plan. Yes, today, absolutely. Man. On it offense clear, and defense. San
2: Francisco said, okay, they have a really good pass rush. Right. How can we exploit it? How Notice that Garoppolo, from what, just, what I can remember off the top of my head, threw two contested passes all game. The first one got tipped in the air, and they got a lucky catch. The right. second one, Luke Kuechly picked off. After that, how many passes did he throw to guys who were covered? Yeah, it was just, just guys that were sitting in either sitting in a zone, and or you know just out on a sweep or a screen, and it nullified our secondary. Don, where's Dante Jackson? Remember, right. we couldn't wait for him to come back.
0: Yep.
1: Didn't mention his name
2: all day.
0: Yep. Now I'm I'm going I'm going to go way in the future real quick. Let's say hypothetically speaking. Let's say we do not make the playoffs this year. Hypothetically speaking. Do we look back at this game as the game to to where Ron Rivera gets the boot finally?
1: It's too early. With all that being said, I know I just made a hot take saying the seat is warm, but there's still how many more games left? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think
2: if if we were to do that, let's use that hypothetical situation. It would be the the Tampa Bay, the first Tampa Bay game. You're going to look back at that coaching decision. At okay, I understand Cam's foot was hurt, but we didn't know. Nobody knew that. We didn't know that, and. I feel like that he mishandled that situation. Tampa Bay makes a mistake, calls yep. a timeout they don't have, get a penalty. Now we're even closer to the first down. We're literally half a yard. Right. Cam doesn't need to push on that foot. He could literally fall forward and get the first down, but you want to get cute, and you are. And then you run the same play in the same formation that you just showed Tampa Bay, and we lose the game.
1: And, That's and, what's going to cost him and who his job. to say This won't come down to one game.
0: Yeah, now speaking of decision-making, how do you guys feel about we're down, we'll just say 40, we're ballparking and say 40 points. We're down 40 points in the fourth quarter, and Allen is still playing. Would you guys have wanted to see Will Greer today?
1: Why not? Yeah. yeah why, why? In, fact, was, well, in fact, it was We were kind of calling for it, actually. It was, what, <laughs> late
2: in the third? Yeah. We're down 44-13, and they run McCaffrey, yeah, they run McCaffrey on McCaffrey. a sweep? Why? Why? First of all, why are you running in that situation? That's the
1: real question. Yeah. Why the hell was Chris McCaffrey Gaffrey, still in the
2: I, game? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to leave McCaffrey in the game because for whatever reason, don't run him on a sweep because we know he can catch. Come five wide and just go for it, something. And, and uh, those are the decisions, yes, that I –
1: and I, I noticed something it. interesting. The first string defense played all the way to the end, and I'm not really mad at that because here's the way I take it. I don't know what, what Ron Rivera was trying to do with that, but the way I take it is y'all got y'all ass kicked yeah. the entire game. Stay out there and be professionals and finish the job.
2: Y'all, y'all gotta eat that crap y'all sandwich. Yeah.
0: Now speaking of crap sandwiches that need to be eaten, let's let's go back to this F-150 crowd. Okay. <laughs> so so. Me personally, I know leading it, up th- to this the game. The truck's not starting. I don't know why. <laughs> I, it probably needs a new alternator. <laughs> but leading up to this game, I do know that there were question marks um as to whether or not Cam Newton could have played this, this week. Mm-hmm. And I personally did not want did not want Cam Newton to play this week simply because we were going up against the number one defense in the NFL. Right. And if we would have lost this game with Cam Newton coming back. We know how this fan base yeah. gets. Right. He would have been to blame for the loss, yada, yada, yada. Right. So with him now playing today, with Kyle Allen playing, give me your taste on Kyle Allen as far as what has he been built up to be and what did we see today for truth?
1: We saw what he is today. I, yeah, I Absolutely. Mean, I, honestly, and look, it's going to sound like a pylon in the crap fest, and it's not. Kyle Allen, he obviously did really good things for us the past three or four weeks, and we're grateful for it. But at the same time, this defense exposed his weaknesses. We saw exactly why he's a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? We saw a very well-coached team and a very well-coached defense who prepared accordingly for Kyle Allen. That's what we saw. It's not It's not even really a knock against Kyle Allen because he just is what he is. You get what I'm saying? He's a good backup. We saw why. There were a couple of throws. Me and Kyle was like, I mean, that's the yeah. same thing. People criticize the yeah. camp for like, yeah. where are you throwing the ball? Why are you throwing it to this coverage that passes off? Why didn't you check down this uh receiver when you're, when you're about to take a sack? So we saw what he is, and that's really it.
2: I, I think most people who – I'm not going to say fans because most fans watch the games, but people who watch football and then have to research it for stats and stuff like we do or like four-man rush – they they already knew what Kyle Allen was. They knew the agreed, defense agreed. was covering a lot of those flaws. When he had those three fumbles against Houston, we won that game because of our defense. Right. There's no, I mean, if right. if we had lost that game. Oh, you but could,
1: all Kyle Allen does is win. Right,
2: yeah. I, I mean, if we lose that game, then you could easily say we lost that game because he fumbled the ball three times. Right. And, and because fumbling isn't a passing stat, it doesn't look bad on him. Right. All week, the media has been touting you know, hey, he could break the record for most pass attempts without an interception, and it's like, do we forget he's he lost five you know, five oh, six fumbles. Right, so Like It does not matter. Yeah, you know like right. those those matter, especially when the other team scores off of them. So, uh, so yeah, we see what Kyle Allen is. I'm not, I don't, you know, we were talking trash about him during the game. I, he's not a trash quarterback, <laughs> but agreed, but agreed. but to think that re- he's going to really su- supplant. To, to think he's
1: the quarterback of the, the future, future is yeah. a Jackson, little ridiculous. You know, I mean, yeah.
2: e- even even an old Cam Newton. If we I take an old healthy Cam Newton. We say old Cam Newton's only thirty years old, right. but an old healthy Cam Newton over
1: you well,
2: know Kyle Allen. You can't put the game in his hands and expect to win, because you know, so you
0: with the way that the game went today, do you think the game is any different if Cam plays?
1: I mean, by that much, <laughs> I I don't. With all that being said, I don't uh, think yeah. and let me be clear about the reason I say that cuz to, to my personal opinion, this game to me the, the biggest flaw was coaching. The biggest flaw right. was was how prepared we did not look on both sides of the ball. So that's why I say so it didn't really matter who the quarterback was. I think
2: it was, th- man. so in in the current context of Cam, this is his first game back from injury. I don't think it looks all that much different. I think there were a few decisions where we said Kyle Allen should have ran that and right. Cam would have right. or you know there was one play where Kyle Allen rolled out of the pocket and got sacked when he should have thrown the ball right. away. I think this newer version of Cam right. throws the ball away. Right. Um so I haven't said that. I don't think it's that much different. We have a fully 100% healthy Cam, you know, going into this game. Oh, the, the, even if we lose, we score more than th- than 13, Thirteen points, points or yeah. actually eleven points on offense, because the defense right. scored two of that's those points. Too, so,
0: so now that it's it's been five weeks, actually it's been six weeks, because we got we got a bye week. Um, what do you guys expect in Cam Newton to look like next week when the Titans come in time? Oh, and by the way, how you doing, Chilly to Mom? Hope everything's okay, <laughs> okay out there in Nashville. So.
2: Um, I think. This is a good game for Cam to come back to. You don't want to come back. I mean, and I'll say uh, I kind of felt sorry for Kyle Allen he, he, again going against the 49ers defense. Yeah, right, so right. I, I think the culture staff is like, okay, we don't want to throw Cam to the wolves his first game back. He's right. going to have a little bit of rust. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Breeze had rust today yeah, too. There's going to be watch. some timing. The Titans are a better team to have those issues uh, against than the 49ers.
1: I kind of predict that Norv and Ron are going to scale Cam back a little bit next week. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of Chris McCaffrey. Well, I mean, that's not a shock to anybody, yeah. mm-hmm. but we're going to see a lot of dump offs, a lot of screens, a lot of short passes. I just think it's going to be very scaled back, and it's going to be a game plan to kind of protect him. So I don't, need, I don't.
2: I think we'll see better decision making. I think, I think, we'll think be better sometimes <laughs> mental reps are. Almost as important as the physical reps. Right. Cam's been getting a lot of mental reps, and they even said during the game, Cam was on the sideline looking at film with Kyle Allen. Right. He's able to see the mistakes Kyle Allen was making and say, and, hmm, I'm not going to do And how, how
1: helpful has that been to quarterbacks in the past when they could just kind of uh, be away from the yeah. field and, and kind of. This,
2: this is another thing, real quick, about Cam Newton uh, for all his haters. I remember Brett Favre making. Uh, I I, I got to paraphrase here. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was someone had asked him about Aaron Rodgers being his backup, and did you, you know, did you help him? And He was essentially right. sort of like, no, no why, why would I, I would why I would help I help do him. that? Why
1: would I help him? They
2: didn't do that to me when I was backing up in Atlanta, and right. you hear that around the league. You've never, you never heard Garoppolo say, man, Tom Brady sat down with me, da da, da. But what did you hear all week about Kyle Allen and Cam Newton? God, Cam sitting with me, we're going through Finn. Most quarterbacks wouldn't do that. So right. either Cam was really, felt really secure in his job and knew something <laughs> that the rest of us didn't, or Cam Newton's just that kind of guy. Well, he wants to win.
0: And I actually think more starting quarterbacks actually help out the backups than what gets reported. And I think the only reason why this is a conversation now is simply because it is Cam Newton.
2: Right,
0: right, and and, 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 and we'll if, if if Cam Newton was of a, a different background to be politically correct, right. this is this isn't a conversation. Right. But I think simply because it is Cam Newton, that's why. Actually, I, I think
2: if it would have got more fanfare if you if, uh, for instance, Tom Brady offered, uh, Percent, Mac man, uh, no, uh, Muhammad Sanu his okay. his, his number. Oh God! It's all over every right. sports. Oh, Tom Brady, man, look at that guy. He offered. <laughs> awesome. He offered his number <laughs> twelve. It's just a jersey number. That's all. That's all it is. Uh, so if 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 this had been Tom Brady sitting down with Matt Castle, you know, back in the day to help him go over plays right. and mental reps, oh my God, it would have been the biggest thing ever. But with Cam, it's just like kind of a in yeah, passing. Oh, oh, by yeah. the way, yeah, Cam yeah. Newton was sitting with. Tom Kyle. Brady
1: would have won a Nobel Peace Prize for mm-hmm. sitting down with yeah. Matt Castle.
2: All right, well, a couple of
0: things uh, before we move on. The Panthers, they moved to uh, 4 and 3. They're second in the division. It's still a two team race, but with the NFC West looking like they are, it's looking like division champ, we're, we're, we're home again. I'm
1: um, glad you brought that up. Okay. Because I want to speak on that real quickly, man. I agree with you. Let, let's be clear about that. But we know Ron Rivera. He's, gonna he's get, not gonna give up. going and, and I, I can't blame him. We got to fight to the finish, man. We, we got to go and try to beat New Orleans twice. We got to try to beat the Falcons twice. We got to. These division games are of the yes. utmost importance coming up. And it's kind of, it's kind of poetic justice that we haven't really played anybody in our division beside Tampa until new right. weeks coming up so yeah it's gonna be interesting down this track, might be man. the catalyst it sometimes you need a game some, like this sometimes mm-hmm. you need to get your ass kicked like mm-hmm. yeah. this to really get going
0: well, i don't man. know we got our asses kicked last year but it, all, Pittsburgh. it was we, way down we didn't keep going we, we didn't we kept. well we kept going <laughs> <laughs> down.
1: we kept going down you got to oh, man. man
2: but hey check it out y'all we got to go pay some bills real quick and uh we'll be right back all right And we're back. All right, y'all. So Vince was able to sell him a house last week, and
0: he used some of the commission to keep the lights on. Nice. So we're still here, All nice. right. Somehow. Somehow. So, <laughs> so something happened uh, this past week. Uh, we got to see our lovable... Charlotte. I'm not gonna say "lovable losers." I I, I don't feel like it's right a new
2: it's a new team. Basically.
0: Yeah, I, I don't feel right calling them the lovable right. losers. So we we I gotta we like gotta that. come up with another introduction there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we got
1: basketball back this week. Hey man, this is my favorite time of the year. This is your favorite man, time of the year? Come on, man. We got NBA, NFL, college football, World yeah, Series. World Series going it's on. It's the best time it, of the year, it's man. The,
0: Hockey just started. Hockey just started. So started. It, this, like I think last week it was with every single day. There was a different Something sport old. being right. played, yep. it's like the most beautiful it's, thing it's, ever. It's, and it's beautiful. Bro. And and the reason why I love college football is because when college football season starts, I start saving money because I don't go out no more. Damn. I go out. Yep. People be texting me like, "Hey Vince, we got this kickback tonight." Like, nah, man, Georgia play at seven. I'm
1: good. <laughs> My man. Like, couch got a lot of miles. To <laughs> I'm trying to tell I did I
0: bro. love college football. I save so much money doing college football, That's what's man. Up. But getting back to basketball, so this past week on Wednesday opening night, uh, the Hornets opened up against uh, the T Wolves, right? Chicago. Uh, no, Chicago. It was Chicago. Chicago. It, it was Chicago. Um, we went out there and they they surprisingly, surprisingly gave us a W. And then on Friday, I believe, uh, we got to see what we would expect going forward, and uh, they took a nice little jab into Carl Anthony Towns and the. In no, the, uh, no, not the
1: Wolves. Carl Anthony Towns. They, no, yeah, yeah they yeah, took that.
0: a no. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota referees. Yeah, well, That's what I was gonna well, say. Then there's that. So then um, there's that. But before I throw out any stats, I just hey hey guys, just go. What, what do you
1: think? Two games. I'll start off with the. Uh, I'm sorry, with the Bulls game. Um, the reason I like that game in particular because it was it was um, it was a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. We started off hot. I think we we might have been up ten at one point. And we were down ten. At were one up sixteen, point. actually. And we were up sixteen. Mm. We were up sixteen. Up and sixteen, down ten. Down ten, yeah. and came back and won, man. And I, I was actually with our co-host Rodney at the game, and I I told him I said, man, Dwayne Bacon is going to be the man in the fourth quarter. I he asked him, he can vouch for me. Turns out Dwayne Bacon, he turned on his, he did his best Kobe Im- imitation and uh, pulled it out for us, man. And I was I was kind I was really proud of the guys, but I didn't want to be negative, Nancy, but. The key to that, but one thing I wanted to talk about, we cannot expect to hit 22 threes every game. (laughs) We did not play great defense. And I want to talk about that more because it is imperative that this particular team, they got to learn how to play NBA defense. And I say that because this is a very young team who doesn't really get NBA level defense and what to do yet. And that showed its head against Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves on Friday. I'll just kind of slow slow down and let Kaiser take it from here. Um
2: I am surprised that we got two exciting games. Even the loss was, was exciting. Yeah. You right. know, we saw PJ Washington come out in you know, have this incredible NBA debut. Yeah. We saw Devontae Graham look like two good games. Man, man. I mean, yeah. Two see really him good look, games. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot. And even in, as we said uh, off camera, in, even in the loss to the Wolves, the Hornets never gave up. You know, they were still out there competing. Uh, and, you know, that's really all we can expect from them. Right. So I'm excited actually to see how they're going to develop. You know, going forward, right. um, one thing that I think is not being said enough is about Coast Borrego in these first two games. No one expected him to start Washington. That right. was a That was right. a huge Washington surprise. Washington is supposed to be in the G League G- He's right supposed now. to be in the G League, and and it's funny though uh, because he clearly knew something that no one else did. Right? He's, I'm talking like probably a day or two before the game. He thought, you know what? We need to start him, and boy, did that pay off dividends.
1: Speaking of the G League, so when before we drafted Pete, oh, I'm sorry, right after we drafted PJ Washington and Mitch Kupchak comes out and said, Well, he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League. And our fan base, man, what did you draft somebody for that you just going to send to the G League? Man, see, this is why Jordan sucked, man. Why would you have to play if we sent it to the G League? Without saying or noticing that, guess who spent time in the G League the previous season? Devontae Graham, Graham, and Dwayne, Dwayne Bacon, Bacon yep. spent a lot of time with the G League. Something, obviously, works with the G League. <laughs> but, luckily, we're not going to see P.J. watching <laughs> in the G League because it looks like he's pretty damn injury ready. And, I, and I think
0: P.J. was going to, I think the plan was to send him to the G League more so because they drafted him knowing that he was injured. I think he had like right. an ankle right. injury. Right. It wasn't because of lack of skill, but it was, it was so that he can recover from right. his injury and whatnot. Also,
2: fans, just because someone doesn't stuff the stat sheet doesn't mean okay. Miles Bridges is gonna be okay, y'all. Y'all, what people are missing, he's one of the best rim defenders, which is I know it's sad because we are a team right. without centers, but his right. athleticism makes up for any size shortcomings uh, that, that he has, right. Um, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about Terry Rozier. Right, the guy. I'm
1: not either, man. I think people he only are played like
2: him. 20 minutes, and he had a double double. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, in, yeah, in a yeah. in a loss that was a blah. Yeah, let that man get some rest. Yeah, I Yeah, real he's quick
0: thing about Rozier is that in 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 the loss, um, he was actually a minus 18 in the loss on the plus and minus. But in the win, no, 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 I got my stats backwards.
2: In the win, he was yeah. In the
0: win, in the win, he was a minus 18. Mm-hmm. But in the loss, he was actually a plus one. And I think Devontae Graham was like a minus 20 or something.
1: Let me kind of explain why that may be the case. It's going to go back to this defense thing again, man. Mm -hmm. Carl Anthony Towns did what he did. But a lot of that was due to the fact that our guards couldn't keep their guards out of the paint. Right, Our defense was getting broken down all game. And what happens is we have a young team. You can't stop uh, 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 lane penetration. There's a lot of mix-ups on defense. There's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot getting beat on back cuts. There's a lot not covering Carl Anthony Towns when he's rolling to the basket. That was a symptom of bad defense. And I say that relating to Terry Rozier because he was a foul trouble. And when he sat was, down, um, that's, that's what I'll, you got. Also,
2: Borrego <laughs> loves to go too small. We saw that. Uh, last season two small guards in the backcourt he did that actually that might have saved the game against Chicago because at one point we had an absurd amount of turnovers I don't remember how many it was because like in a row yeah so he brought in Graham and Rozier to handle the ball bring it up court and then we didn't turn the ball over anymore and we didn't win the game however then your defensive liability at that point. So I don't put too much in the plus minus. I'll be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's yeah, a stat yeah, yeah. that is largely dependent on the right, rotation you game, right, game. And uh so I'm I'm fine with Terry Rozier. I it's, it's great that we that he's able to be solid. I don't need him to be Kimber Walker. Just right. be solid. Ten assists. Let's be fair. How many games did, did Kimber, Kimber Walker, Walker have ten assist. assists? Right, you know, right. so Um, You know, as long as he's solid and then Graham can come off the bench and light it up. Now, speaking of
0: bench, one thing that I absolutely love from these two games is that with the way that our team is made up, we got MKG, we got Marvin Williams, and we got Nick Batum when he comes back healthy (laughs) coming off Off the the bench. bench. I, that was one of my biggest critiques on Borrego the, uh, last season was that even though the youngest was playing good, he kept starting the veterans and giving them heavy minutes. And I was at the game on Wednesday, so I didn't, I wasn't even really paying attention to it, but we were about a minute or two in the game, and I was like, wait, hold on. Marvin
2: Mar- Mar- Mar on the bench. Yeah. Well, like, look what happened when Marvin came off the bench. And then look what happened when he came off, off the bench. bench. And then he went back and got, got some rest. Yeah, we yeah. don't
1: win that Bulls game without Marvin. No, yeah, exactly. Not. Absolutely not. So,
0: now, now, one thing I want to I want to talk about uh, MKG. Like, what do you guys think is going on with
1: him? I am so glad you asked that question, man, because I, MKG is a polarizing player when it comes to people I talk to about MKG, and he's someone that I, I for some reason I can't give up on, and I'm I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but I'm gonna keep saying the same thing, man. That dude has lost something. When I say he's lost something, I think he's lost something mentally. I really do. Because you don't just, that fire, and look, man, let me be clear. MKG is obviously not the most skilled wing that you can have. We all know that. That's very clear. But when I saw this dude under Mike Dunlap and even some with with, with Steve Clifford. Clifford, this was a dude who bought it every single night. Intensity, hustle, rebounding. All that little intangible stuff that you need to win. I don't see that so much with him, man. I think, and if he's not giving you that, then there's no know, fit I, for him.
2: I think it's one of those things where him, he's, i, I don't—not reckless is not the word I want to use, but he'll throw his body around. He'll sacrifice himself to make a play, right. no matter what the situation is. And if y'all remember the eight games he played before, he missed the entire season, what was that, his three shoulder. years ago, yeah, the shoulder was, right, season. Right. He was playing really, really, really well, well. And right. I'm talking like, if you go and look at his shooting percentages, you'd be like, hold up. Now I know from three. three yeah, <laughs> yes. I know, That was a
0: beautiful yeah, two
2: weeks. I, I, I know, know eight games is a small sample size over the course but of the season. But you were seeing a trend where he exactly. was coming up. You right. could see the improvement. And then he got injured and he missed the whole season. And I think he thought about that. He's like, man, you know, if I go out there just – balls to the wall every play every game I'm not gonna I'm not last, gonna last. And I,
1: but that I agree with you 100% but I think on top of that even on top of that I, I've i said this before there was a press conference last year and basically the reporters were asking all the players hey what matters to you most going forward you know what his answer was happiness Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, I, I mean, don't yeah. think the guy's happy man on top of all this other and stuff. on
0: top of what you said uh, when they asked him about picking up his player option, he said the only reason he picked it up was because he had just became a dad Man,
1: and he wanted to be here for stability. Basically, he doesn't want to be here. And, 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 and Also, well, to mean,
0: speak to that, when he actually got into the game on Friday, I don't know if you guys looked at his body, his body language. It was terrible. He didn't yeah. want to be out, I mean, to mean, out, out but there.
2: Well, if if out. you were MKG, would you want to be here? I mean,
1: because here's the thing, man. You go from starting. I'm Bonner- yeah. since Dunlap was yeah. here. He Bonner-fied was starting. Since Borrego comes here. Borrego sends him down. It's like, hold on. What happened? I, I was starting every year before you got here. Now, how so, much do you guys think that is to
0: his lack of offensive uh, capability? Because and,
1: he can't shoot the three. Uh, well, yeah. it, it, it may be because the thing is, it, it just simply may not be a fit with him and Borrego. No. Borrego simply might not have a, a role for him.
2: Well, I mean, plus, in today's NBA – your wing has to be able to stretch the floor, especially in the corners. It, you have to. I mean, if you look at look at all the teams, all well, I mean, I know Golden State has dominated the last few years, and of course they have Kevin Durant. But even before they got Durant, even Harrison Barnes as a as a wing could stretch the floor. Look at those Spurs teams. Look at right. Danny Green right. sitting in the corner. We we don't have that with MKG. Let, now we got let, it with PJ Washington. Let, so. let,
1: let me say one more thing about that and. Please don't take this as me saying he's <laughs> something he's not man. But I think if you have an offense where you just go put MKG in the corner, and you don't run any plays for him. I think he's capable. I'm not saying he's going to shoot 38-40% from the three-point line. Please don't mistake me for saying that. I think he's capable. I think he can he'll shoot it with confidence now. You get what I'm saying? And I just think that if you had that MKG if you couple that with the old MKG, so to speak, who bought all these intangibles and, and its intensity, if you if you put those two MKGs together, then you could really get some out of them. Also, you know what I'm saying? there's but, a,
2: a, a players are real tight with coaches. I know that Mark Price, when he was here, he had developed a bond. Yeah, here, he had developed a bond with uh, MKG. He, his shooting motion had improved, and then Mark Price. Leaves. He's got to leave. You got to take a college head coach position, and I think that may have affected him, maybe even mentally. Because
0: as soon as Price left, his shot. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but real quick before we wrap this up, um, in the um, tonight after we get done recording, um, the Hornets will be playing the Lakers. Oh God, man! Tomorrow night, make it stop, man! Tomorrow night they will be playing. I think the Clippers. Back to back, and then on Saturday during the week they play the Kings. And then on Saturday, they play the Warriors on their West Coast road trip.
1: Thanks a lot, NBA.
0: So, give me your guys' thoughts going forward on the
2: upcoming
1: week. Um,
2: They're competitive in all the games except for the L.A. game.
1: um, I'm going to go with a safe prediction, and and I'm kind of even scared to pick them in this game. Sacramento Sacramento hadn't looked that great out the gate. Maybe we win that one, man. So, that's it. I think we get killed tonight because LeBron just owns us and we really just bitch up when we play him. So
0: um, LeBron does own us. He's something like 101. Uh,
1: right, right.
0: 101 against us. So when they come back from this four game road trip, we will have a three and three record. Oh, wow. A three th- we'll be three and three when they come back. Hey, right. the Suns beat the Clippers last night. <laughs> That's we'll, true. We'll be three and three. I do want to say back. real quick.
2: Um, Cody Zeller, stop being so selfish getting all these rebounds and points. Listen,
0: we <laughs> not setting screens crazy. What are you doing? What are I'm you doing, not I believe
2: it. it's only been two games. It's only been two games. I got to wait. I can't let the screen god live. Right. You know what I mean? All, <laughs> all you're supposed to do is set screens. All you're right? supposed to do is set screens. You're not I mean, supposed to score. score yeah. You're supposed to defend. Dunking on people. Right.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm
0: going to give it a, a little bit more time before we go there, bro. <laughs> all, right? all, right. all, right. all right? But, yeah, hey, check it
1: out, you We got to go pay some more bills. We'll be right back. All right? All right,
0: y'all, we're back. Uh, We're actually going to move into our culture segment. For those of you that haven't been listening or haven't been watching, basically with our culture segment, we just try and come up with topics that's that's related to what's going on in Charlotte, whether it be sports or whether it be related to um, any sort of demographic, okay?
1: So we got two. Can I say one thing, Vince? Okay. Let me look in the camera and say this. All right. To everybody who comes up to me all the time, Hey, man, how's your podcast going? It's, first of all, it's not my podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> how's your podcast going? So y'all to talk about the Panthers and the hornets, right? We are a Charlotte sports and culture, culture podcast. podcast. People, especially women, sorry to say it, they always forget about the culture piece. I think it's important for me to say that because lately, in the last month or so, oh, man, you know, I don't really get into sports, man. These are mostly ladies, no offense. But again, we are a sports... In culture podcast. All right, I had so to get off my
0: getting back to the culture part. Thank you. Yes. Um, Microsoft. I guess they have some sort of agreement with the city of Charlotte, and they expounded on that agreement today to where they are going to <laughs> invest another twenty-three million dollars into Charlotte over the next couple of years, creating four hundred and thirty new jobs. Now. That's pretty much all the articles said. It didn't say right. where. It didn't say what, how or when. But um, go, Kaiser.
2: So uh, for those who don't know, Microsoft already has a large presence in Charlotte. I actually worked for Microsoft uh, for a, a short time some years ago. And um, they have a campus over off of Arrowwood. Okay. And it's been there maybe been there for a while. 25 years been or there so. For a
1: while. Yep. That
2: is the Microsoft support center. Like that is it. So if you call Microsoft and you need support, tier two support, and you don't get forwarded to, uh, I don't remember where in India, then you get, you talk to someone uh, in Charlotte. Okay. So they already have a large investment here. Uh, I don't know how many people work at at that particular facility, but, you know, they've had a large investment here in Charlotte for a while and they want to expand it. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I know that there is always going to be the issue of possible gentrification but there's a line there's a line that can be walked there and i i'll say this ever since Microsoft got hit with the antitrust case uh, some decades ago they they've been walking the line pretty straight and narrow right um so I think that on the surface it's a good thing as long as they don't disrupt the culture of the city we see that a lot it, it remains to be seen uh, whether or not amazon is doing that i i for one i'm glad amazon put that uh warehouse in west charlotte right a, a place that i feel like sorely needs a better reputation west right. charlotte is the epic center of black culture in the in the city it just right. it literally is right and but if you ask somebody about West Charlotte, they be like, "Oh, West Charlotte." Charlotte. Yeah, people be like, I'll tell hey, somebody you live over there." You live on Road. Like,
1: wow.
2: Exactly, yo. We we filmed this in West Charlotte, technically, right. actually, and people <laughs> like, "Where you live?" I don't say Mountain Island. I say I live in West Charlotte. And they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. where you live oh, wow. in West <laughs> Charlotte?" So I think you know the Amazon uh, being warehouse being here is going to help change that perception as long as they don't. Destroy the culture. So as long right, as Microsoft, as long as you can invest in the city, put jobs here, then I'm 100% behind that.
1: Um, <clears throat> I should be impressed. <laughs> I should be happy. It's something being added to Charlotte. It's expanding. But there's one thing this article did say that I that kind of just sticks out at me. It says here that basically. You know, the median average for salaries would be like 98 grand. So you look at that and you're like, man, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with people making $98,000? How many people are qualified to, for that type of uh, job well, to that's pay true, $98,000? Yep. You get what I'm saying? So while it's a good thing, I'm not overly impressed, man, because.
2: They're not bringing jobs in for. The no, I, I understand the argument. However, I'll say this having worked for Microsoft, Microsoft is one of those companies to where they look at. Talent in a different way than most companies do. For instance, I don't have any Microsoft certifications. I don't even have a bachelor's degree, but I've been in IT for forever. Right. And so they
1: actually critically think about the employees. Right. You hire. got, I mean, wow, the, the, what the, the concept. Yeah, I know, right. The Microsoft <laughs>
2: hiring process, anyone who's ever been through it is, boy, it's to imagine for three hours sitting in front of people that you're going to be working with and they're critiquing you.
1: every little thing. Yeah, they
2: got you in front of a whiteboard. But, but they don't do that because they don't really want to know how much you know. They just want to know how does he handle these situations. How they want to know what kind of person you are. Right. So I'll say that about Microsoft. And I don't want, uh, you know, man, I'm not qualified for a hundred k year job. Don't let that scare you away. If right. you're an IT person, you go for it, man. You 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 just, you just never know. I, but I, I feel what you're saying, Jamal. There needs to be more, you know, especially you know in neighborhoods. Like we are in like West Charlotte, they're gonna say, "I can't, i don't Microsoft's here, but I can't do that job." So uh, now,
0: let me take that a different route. Now, Jamal, you you mentioned a couple months ago in our podcast that one, um, I think we were talking about upward mobility, yeah. And you you mentioned right. something as far as the reason why Charlotte continues to grow. While it's people continue to stay stuck is because when new jobs come here, it's not the people in Charlotte getting getting these jobs. It's people not Mm -hmm. from Charlotte. So Microsoft has promised 430 new jobs. What do you think the likelihood is (laughs) of Uh, people mm. in California moving here, getting this job as opposed to the people right here
1: already in Charlotte? I I think it's very likely. Yeah. if I live in Kansas and I'm making thirty thousand dollars, and you offer me ninety-eight thousand dollars, I'm moving to Charlotte. So I, I think mean, it's very likely the Bay
2: Area in in California is one of the most. It is like the IT hotspot of the United States. However, however, <laughs> however, to make a hundred K is considered below the poverty level. Yeah, exactly, man. you yeah, got yeah, literally exactly. people making six figures living out of their car. So imagine, you do what you do, and then Microsoft says we'll pay you that to live in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Right. I, you're gonna. People are gonna be hopping planes over here. So those jobs are gonna be competitive. Uh, you know, make no doubt about it.
0: Is there a way for you, as someone living in Charlotte, to kind of offset that? What do you have to do to make yourself
1: competitive to to not miss out? Um, I'm gonna take it a different way. Even if you may not even be, even if you're not in the running, so to speak. Even if you're not competitive, there's nothing. Uh, it doesn't cost you any money to spread the word. It doesn't cost you any money to refer a friend. It doesn't cost you any money to just tell people, hey, man, I know you're an IT person. Microsoft is just bringing jobs. You might want to check it out. It costs me no money to do that. So Absolutely. And, and, and I see nothing wrong with, with targeting people who are from here to, to try to get those opportunities, man, because... This upper mo- upward mobility thing for people in Charlotte is a very real thing, man. So well, Absolutely.
0: on the bright side, we got more we got more jobs being created. We got more buildings being built. We got more houses being built. And that means more 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 uh uh customers events. Yeah, there you go. events. Right. Yeah, you're building real through them out, man. It's so a win win situation, okay. So <laughs> speaking of uh mobility, uh, we got we got some more news in regards to a train connector uh possibly being built that will take you from charlotte to atlanta in as little as two hours Wow! so i'm not gonna get into all the details just yet but just give me your guys's initial thoughts on this
1: my initial thought was man it's gonna be really easy for me to go to Atlanta and see the panthers kick the falcons <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing i thought I like man i could easily go to the panthers falcons game this year <laughs> but no man um it's Beautiful thing, man. I think it's overdue. I mean, look how many people you you may know personally. That's in. The, I I used to be in Atlanta all the time. This is a very welcome thing for me. I have a lot of friends in Atlanta. I love hanging out in Atlanta. I hate their sports teams. Their sports teams suck and they're trash. But other than that, I love hanging out in the city, man. So it's a very very welcome thing, and I think it's overdue. Now we'll wait and see about the details and how much it costs and all this other stuff and how convenient it is and what scheduling is like. We'll wait for all that stuff, but at face value, man, it's a
2: great thing.
0: Man. Yeah, and I'll throw out some of those details, and I'll let you go, Kazu. Um, I,
2: I think it's a great thing, not just for Charlotte and Atlanta, but the South as a whole. One of the advantages, if you can call, being up North doesn't have a whole lot of advantages, in my opinion, having lived there before, but one of the advantages is that from pretty much the D.C. area to New York, they that is connected. It's almost like one giant city right. that never ends it's, yeah, it's crazy yeah but if you come down here you got charlotte and then you got like charleston columbia and then you got atlanta yep. right. four hours away right. and it's just patches of of you know Nothing. these sparsely populated areas <laughs> this will be a chance to you know if you have a, a two-hour train that moves in between these cities then that means that you have people Who could commute within an hour? You know, imagine if you lived at the halfway point. That's an hour commute for a lot of people. That's not a big deal. You're gonna get. I I think you're gonna get a lot more growth uh, in South Carolina, you know, Upper Florida. And and what
1: what, what may not be talked about is Greenville, South Carolina, may benefit tremendously Mm -hmm. from that. Which is, from what I know, and I don't, you know, I don't have any facts to back it up. But what from what I know is like a very little up and coming. Uh, town in South Carolina. A lot of people like to go hang out in Greenville. So, well, and and there
0: there are three different companies that are lobbying for this contract. And depending on which company gets it, that will determine the route that gets built from here mm-hmm. to Atlanta. And then that will determine which cities become pit stops for mm-hmm. for the train. Now, even though they're promoting this to possibly be charlotte to atlanta in like two hours that's the best scenario that's the best scenario um i think the slowest the slowest option i think would move no the fastest option you'd be in this train moving 220 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and then i think the slowest option is maybe 80 miles an hour but depending on which option they choose to go with um this can cost anywhere from an estimated two to 15 billion dollars wow depending on which option now and obviously if you go with the 15 billion dollar option we're going to get that train moving at 220 miles an hour but if they go with the cheaper option then it will actually take three three and a half hours still which it
2: already takes to get now, honestly you know in good traffic you yeah can make it uh to atlanta in about a time but you know what? this is it's longer overdue for those of you that have never lived or gone abroad this kind of stuff is fairly common, common. in other, in other con- places countries. in the world. The Japan, yeah, we're, has we're had bullet, yeah, Japan has had bullet trains for 30 something years. Um, you know, we're behind as far as Internet, yeah. uh, health care. We're, you know, so, you know, this is long overdue. And this I is hope playing catch yeah, up. I hope they don't cheap out the cheap options just pay the 15 billion dollars they got we're it we're gonna yeah we're gonna you know you're gonna get some taxpayers balk over it. like you pay you're and gonna pay taxes is, regardless yeah
0: yeah yeah this and this is just this one connector when it's all said and done the entire corridor was stretched from dc to atlanta Right. so but uh overall i think it's a good thing i mean absolutely it'd be super dope to wake up one day and just get on the train and just go yeah, that would, hours yeah down to atlanta so that's pretty dope on me But uh, we're going to end it right there. But before we do, we're going to go into our shout-outs, okay? So, Jamal, what do you got? I have a... Have you finally gotten on that Willie Tiger bandwagon?
1: Don't mention that name.
0: Man, y'all won this week. I don't
1: care. Oh, similar fans, if look, it's man, any
0: Florida say similar fans, watch. I'm trying to help y'all out. But. Look,
1: man, I look, I just wanted to get to the Captain D's Bowl and <laughs> beat some – The Long John Silver's Bowl. Yeah, the Long bowl. John Silver's Bowl and beat Eastern Tennessee Tech and just end the season, man. <laughs> so, anyway, my, my shout-out – They I might have, not even win that yeah, game. They probably <laughs> ain't going win that game. He'll probably call it, Hurry up. Never mind. So, anyway, I got a serious shout-out, and I have a not-so-serious shout-out. My not so serious shout out actually goes to our co-host Rodney, but it ain't a favorable shout out. <laughs> Rodney, I love you like a brother. I-, I love you, <laughs> you my dog. You are my, you my, you my dog man. But if you ever in your right mind come out of your mouth and try to compare Mob Deep to to Eight Ball and MJG, oh, we are gonna have a big problem, dog. Not only did he compare Mob Deep and, and Eight Ball and MJG. He would, as far as to say that my deeps beats were trash. Let me say something. What was I when, when? This is in some group that I would never invite you to okay, because yeah. we would both just <laughs> lose our minds. I think in I this. Know wow. what group You talking about? Let me be very clear about something. Personal taste is personal taste. You can like whatever you like. If you like, if you like Cardi B more than you like MC Light, that is your choice. <laughs> However, if you look at catalogs, there is no comparison at all. Let's just end it right there. Rodney, your hip hop opinions have been straight trash all week, man. I can't wait to have you back so we could talk about this in depth. Cause boy, you, you really did a number on me last week. I was ready to hop through my phone <laughs> and choke this dude, man. And I, I, I love, love you like a ball. I
2: love eight balling. I mean that's wow, that's Rodney, we gotta talk with you. We gotta you talk with you get back, man. God, so anyway,
1: <laughs> my my serious uh shout out, and I don't even know if it's a shout out. It's it's kind of a a subtopic. I ain't even going to call it a shout out. I'll be, I'll try to be quick about this. So we're at number 90 for the year. Meaning Shit. we're at 90 murders in Charlotte for the year. And again, I will try to make this quick as I possibly can. Mara. I don't know when the powers that be are going to realize that the murders are just a symptom of the bigger issue and the bigger problem in Charlotte. Nobody wakes up one day and say, you know what? I just want to be a murderer and I want to kill people. Nobody wakes up like that. Again, it is a symptom of a bigger problem. I look at some areas in West Charlotte, not the entire West Charlotte, but I look at some areas in West Charlotte. There's nothing positive being put into to these communities. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's being done is you're just pushing people out and you're just putting people with money in these, in these neighborhoods. You're not creating jobs. You're not having any kind of community outreach. There's nothing being put into these communities. And when when that happens, you have this, you have one symptom of the problem, which is people losing their lives, unfortunately. It's a sad trend. I hope the powers that be kind of realize that one day. And if they don't, we're going to easily hit 100 pretty soon. Yep. I'll just leave it at that.
2: All right. Uh, I'll start on a slightly more positive one. I got I had two real quick shout outs. My first one uh, is for the Mountain Island Charter High School robotics team. I've actually, I'm one of the coaches on the robotics team. I've been coaching these kids for about three months now. I helped them with the programming and uh, we won our our first, first place in a competition um, uh, the other weekend. So um, it's funny because Uh, This there's only two robotics teams at high schools in Charlotte Olympic High has the other one there are robotics teams all over the city, but uh, they are privately owned and funded. Um, Ours is funded by the school so so we don't get the same kind of funding. Uh, You know other teams are sponsored by NASA and Google and Microsoft and essentially we work on school funding, but they they treat these kids just like they do uh, athletics They get a varsity letter. Uh, all that same stuff. So uh, I'm really proud of those kids and robotics being the wave of the future. Um, check and see if your kid is maybe interested in it. I'm, I'm being 100% serious out there. There are jobs out there all the time. I know Tesla, Google, Apple hiring. Uh, for They need people that can code AI and, uh, and know about robotics. My second shout out is to under construction. Uh, sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back for being right. And the three of us said... <laughs> That if Frank Kaminsky (laughs) ever went to a a Western Western Conference Conference team, team.
1: he will ball out.
2: Averaging 15 points a game, six rebounds through the first three games. This brings his split all time in his career for games where he's played at least 30 minutes, 17 points a game, seven rebounds. I'd say like 6.6 rebounds game. I don't know I'm just saying so we, um, we called that, it that's that's another topic that I'm gonna wait hey, until we get a little hey, bit man. more of this
1: season. I was watching the game last night there was a play where Kawhi Leonard got switched on Frank Kaminsky and Frank looked at Kawhi like man who you going sprinting around and shot a hook I was who is this um, who is yeah. this guy it was it was one. oh
0: man. man that's what's up the, just hey, saying, I, 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 feel you, I feel you and, sometimes and,
1: you don't know what you have until uh, it's going until,
0: until it's going <laughs> and gone. And and the feet, if it keeps going that way, I'll be here, to show with you guys. But I'm just trying to stay pragmatic. It's only been one week. Been I don't want week. to toot my horn because because keep in mind, keep in mind that even though Charlotte has only played two games this year, we are a one and zero oh with Cody Zeller, and we are zero and one without right. Cody. But I'm one. trying hey, yeah. so hard to stay humble because I got a way well, to take well, a little bit more. with that
1: goodness. being said, we're gonna be. Quite humble tonight, so let's, let's
2: yeah. quell it a little.
0: Oh, we will be humble. We but hey, humble. don't let us win. <laughs>
2: but but, but oh, don't yeah. let us win. Though. But don't right. let us win.
0: So I got two shoutouts. I had only one, but um I got two now. One's gonna be positive. The other one's not so much. The positive one. I got to give a shout-out to uh, Mr. Mac Brown for coming back Chapel go. Hill. Listen, last That's night, for those of you that didn't watch, there was the, uh, we, had, we played against that other shade of blue in the uh, battle for Victory Bell, and we hadn't beat those guys in three years.
1: Wow. That's surprising. We hadn't yeah.
0: beat them in three years, and we've lost to them five in the last seven. And I heard that the pregame speech from Mac Brown, he basically walked into the locker room, and he said, hey, if you have beaten – that other shade of blue raise your hand and there was like five of them that raised their hand and he was he just walked out he just walked out wow (laughs) he just walked out so we're (laughs) watching the game last night and you guys saw my video um, on the Facebook page and long story short we had the game wrapped up we had it wrapped up and it was a turnover that other shade of blue got it. They drove down the field, and they were getting ready to score. And then they they did their best uh, Seattle Seahawks impression, where it was second to go, and instead of running the ball from with they side to far, they chose to pass it. And not only did they have the quarterback pass it, they had the running back <laughs> do <to> the Tim Tebow <laughs> jump pass, and got it got intercepted, good. and we was able to secure and get the win. So even though uh, we're 4-4, four four, the ACC is so – bad Bad. that at four and four we're first in the division right now that is how bad the acc is right now but on the brighter note mac brown has rejuvenated that program and i don't even know if you can be rejuvenated because it's north carolina i mean like when have they ever been like you know but there's new energy and um out of the eight games we've played this year seven of those games have been three points or less, win or lose. Wow. Which is I think the most through eight games since like nineteen fifty three from what Cap- I saw on Twitter Carolina like.
1: Clemson rematch in the making?
0: It's possible. Yeah. It's looking that way. I think uh, they play Virginia this Saturday and the That's winner of that game the winner of that game takes sole place in first place and they are a good team man. Yeah I mean, decent. But um I just wish the ACC was a little bit tougher. Yeah. But if football if UNC <laughs> continues to go the way that they're going now and the way that they've been recruiting they may be the other team that could challenge Clemson going forward. Moving on to my last shout-out. Um, Kaiser. maybe you can give me an assist on this one. Um, there's a professional boxer, uh, Patrick Day, yeah. who was knocked yeah. out and uh, unfortunately never woke back up. Yeah. And so condolences uh, to his family. Uh, he passed away. This is about a week or two ago that yeah. this happened. And I want to ask the boxing community – uh, namely the the boxing uh, commission or whoever sets the rules and all that, if they have some sort of program um, geared towards player safety, for lack of better words, or boxing safety, because I know boxers don't die too often uh, when it comes to getting concussions and getting knocked out, but I think it happens more than what it should. One so I'll,
2: I'll speak on this real, real, real quick,ly. Glee. Um, So this happens more often than it should. I'd say every few years, you know, a boxer is either seriously injured uh, permanently or, you know, they they die either in the ring, which has happened, or, you know, right after they they suffer injuries that they don't recover from and they they die. The problem is this. um, Boxing rules are not. There's no standard. It's kind of like a de facto standard. Right the individual state athletic commissions set the rules and typically they all follow the same rules. And then the boxing commissions themselves have their own rules. And for the most part, they all meet up, but, but those rules are more for the spirit of competition rather than safety. There are very few safety rules. Even something like glove sizes are not an issue Of safety, and someone asked me right after that happened, Well, how come we don't see deaths in MMA? And the reason actually is because the gloves are smaller and you get more knockouts. Knockouts is your body's way of saying, All right, Uh, I'm done, I'm done here. Whereas in boxing, the gloves actually help prevent knockouts, but you take more sustained damage. And a lot of times, a fighter will have a concussion and continue to fight. And you, you just don't see it until it's too late. So, a good friend of mine, boxing expert Christopher Miller out in California, and uh, another friend of mine, Patrick Connor, uh, uh, who, who's a boxing writer, they recommended that the doctors need to be more involved throughout the course of the fight and maybe after the sixth round because that's after the sixth round is when you start seeing signs. You know, you start seeing fighters blinking, and yeah, you, just, yeah. you start seeing these signs. So the six rounds, a halfway point, instead of a one minute break in between rounds, you take a two minute break and you have the doctor really, especially in fights where like, you know, Patrick Day was taking some shots. You could look at that fight and tell, you know, this, this ain't going to be good. Right. In fights like that, you really just have to have the doctors intervene a lot more. And
1: how, how much, how much culpability is on the refs? Cause
2: so that's always a, a been a, you know, a, a just a sticking point with boxing. You have my boxing fans will know who Frank Cappuccino is. Frank Cappuccino was known, he'll let a fight go till everybody is dead. The fans, the arena, everybody is just is just dead. Where somebody like say Tony Weeks has been known to stop fights kind of early. It just he kinda errs on the safe side. Um me, I'm I'd rather be safe than sorry, but there are many times where I watch a fight and I'd be like, mm, I'm not so sure about that stoppage. You know, so it's it's just hard to make Super a judgment sad. call. Um, you know, but that's why we have a ref and the doctors. You know, you got to get the doctors more involved throughout the course of the fight. And I know people feel like some people will feel like that's too intrusive. Mm. And the boxing commissions don't like to interrupt the spirit of competition, the essence of the sport. Because someone said, well, what if you add headgear? You don't want to start doing that kind of stuff because then it's not boxing anymore. Right, right, right. The sport completely changes. And I know we've seen it in the NFL, but boxing really hasn't changed much in the past 100 years so it's a tough that's a fine line to balance but me personally i'd like to see something yeah just more doctor involvement
0: yeah okay all right so we'll 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 leave it on there so as always appreciate you guys for listening appreciate you guys for watching don't forget to like share comment subscribe and follow under construction on all we're sorry for
1: staying away for so long y'all
0: and uh (laughs) we'll see you guys next week all right
1: pray for our our charlotte teams
0: frank (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha ha.